Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. Somehow it's already 2024. So it's that time again to reset our budgets and work towards our money goals. We have the wonderful Jess Irvine on today, who is a personal finance author and expert to cover all things budgeting, tracking expenses, and to share a few money saving hacks along the way. Before we get started, we always talk about our money wins and losses. Jess, do you want to kick it off? Happy New Year. Um, I would just uh, allude to what I'm currently doing now, my money win. And like, gosh, we debate in personal finances how you're supposed to have your coffee if you're allowed to order it from the store or you have to drink it at home. I am a big, big fan of instant coffee. And I just would like for people to know that. And I would like for people to know there's a correct way to do instant coffee and maybe you're just not doing it right. Um, And so I I don't buy takeout coffees anymore because I decided it just wasn't a value in my budget. With instant coffee though, guys, you have to put a little bit of cold water on the granules first. So you can't put the hot boiling water straight onto the granules or it will sort of taste burnt. But if you ease it in gently with a little bit of cool water and then put your hot water in and then your milk, it's actually okay. And I, it feels very retro to drink instant coffee, but I'm all about it. Amazing. That's a great tip. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a brand? that you like? Which brand? Oh gosh, any of them. <laughs> any it doesn't of matter. Them. Any of no. them. Any of them. Whatever's on sale. <laughs> if yeah. it's got caffeine in it, it's hitting the right note for me. <laughs> okay. So cold water first. That's the trick. That That's- makes sense. You don't want like a burnt coffee taste, or at least I don't. Yuck. <laughs> and also buy your takeaway coffees if you want to, and if there's room in your budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No judgment, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tash, what about you? 
I went to the Gold Coast on the weekend to visit my friend Maddie because Jetstar had $59 flights from Canberra to the Gold Coast, which was too good to say no to. So it was with their Friday frenzy sale. Yeah, it's like cheaper than Ubers to a lot of places. So big money win. I find the hard thing with Jetstar is that they'll have a price, but then they'll have like an add-on for a seat and an add-on for this. And if you want to get a text message about your flight, oh no, it's another add-on. Oh yeah, my no. gosh. It, it honestly, that gives me such fatigue as a consumer. <laughs> it's hard if it's a longer trip, but I only went for two nights. So I didn't need any more than the seven kilos. I didn't bother picking a seat because it's only like an hour and a 40 minute flight. Yeah. Um, actually, I ended up getting a whole row to myself, which is exciting for free on the way there. So another win. Bonus. Yeah. What's yours? So we're recording this a little bit in the past uh, and mine was around the Black Friday sales. What we've always done in my household is have a list of things that we absolutely need or want to purchase and then we wait for that timeline to buy everything. So we bought four different pans, which sounds excessive, but I've got a family of four and two growing kids who eat a lot, but um, they were about 40% off and we've been eyeing these different pans for a while and now I'm excited because I can make crepes and nothing's going to stick to the pan and I'm very stoked. Did you use cashback as well? Who had the oh, best cashback? Yes, of course. Cashback and promo codes. So I looked up promo codes or I use Honey. Um, we've we've talked about this a million times, but it is such a good way to save and I guess make money, right? Like cashback, you were going to spend the money anyways. Um, you just get some money back. So as long as you're buying within your means, which is exactly what we were doing, waiting for the sales. So I love that. Have you used Top Cashback yet? No, I haven't. I know that you have. Yeah, that's a new one I've been. I did a pay partnership with them on Instagram, but they have the highest cashback guarantee, which I love. So they'll beat oh. any other cashback offer by at least 1% if you let them know. So that's exciting. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Um, another web extender on my browser yes. to add. <laughs> So let's dive into the world of budgeting, Jess. I'm very excited. Um, You have a new book that came out. Why did you write a book about budgeting where people can actually fill out their information? Well, why not? Exactly. (laughs) Who doesn't love a budget, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can imagine the pitch to the publisher. I want to write a book about budgeting. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like it's having a moment. I feel like tracking your spending, paying close attention to where your money is going. There's like fads of of like cash envelope stuffing. There's people, you know, using apps, spreadsheets, whatever. And out of necessity, because of the rising cost of living, people are taking a closer look at their money. And so my book that is just out is called The Money Diary. And it's actually sort of a companion piece to my previous book, which came out, which was Money with Jess, Your Ultimate Guide to Household Budgeting, which actually laid out the whole system that I use for tracking um, and managing my own finances. And then The Money Diary is sort of a printed version of all my worksheets. And it's like goes from January through to December and it has all my spending tracker and my monthly budget summary worksheet plus a whole bunch of other worksheets. So I've got like a, a box full of them at home. So I'm set, you know, I just, I made the book so that I would have all of my worksheets in one neat place that I can use for myself. <laughs> um, uh, but, but that was not the entire point. It, I, I wanted to have a book that I could just hand to people. And if someone says, I'm really overwhelmed with my money, I don't know where to start. I'm you know, scared of all the things. You could just open the book and be like, 
put pen to paper, start tracking your spending and start figuring out where the money is going. And so I'm really proud that I've put it all together in one place. And if anyone sort of says I'm really stressed about money, I can just go take this, (laughs) start small, start slow, start observing and tracking your spending with the money diary. And I've always loved journals and, you know, diaries and I've always kept journal. So I, I just love, I'm a paper-based gal. <laughs> amazing. The book I is find gorgeous. Can, yes. It's amazing. Thank you. It's very colorful. I find that we can really overcomplicate budgeting. Like we look at these fancy spreadsheets and fancy trackers and we try and put all of this information in, but going back to basics is just really important sometimes. Why do you manually track instead of using an app or a spreadsheet? Well, I think it's sort of, uh, how did it come about? I wanted to have a knowledge from the foundation of my incomings and my outgoings and my surplus or deficit. And I tried lots of apps um, and I think they're getting better. But at the time when I started, there was just no one that sort of worked for me and gave me that granular level of control, you know, because our personal finances are all so individual and different. But the basic rule for everyone is money comes in, money goes out and you're either, you know, spending less than you earn or more um, and you will either have a surplus or you'll be in a deficit. And that's really the basic level. And I just wanted to go, you know what, I'll just write down everything I earn, everything I spend, and then I'll calculate it. And I spent months and years trying to figure out if I wanted to budget fortnightly or weekly or monthly. And I settled in on monthly because it's sort of enough of a period that you can capture, you know, like your electricity bill, your phone bill. A lot of bills are monthly, although sometimes they do span quarterly. And then I break down a provision for it, for those expenses into a monthly sum. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just really wanted to, you know, I was an economics journalist, you know, personal finance, you know, writer in my day job. And I was like, and I covered federal budgets, you know, and I'd gone down to Canberra and been in budget lockups where the treasurer is saying, okay, this is revenue. These are our expenses. So the budget is in surplus or deficit. And I went, oh, I wonder if that were, you know, what am I doing with my own money? Um, be the treasurer of your own life, people. Oh, I like that. <laughs> is what I say. <laughs> and That's also, a good tagline. Also yeah, have the confidence of, you know, treasurers stand up and they're like, we're going to be in surplus. And, you know, life happens and that doesn't happen or, you know, <laughs> the economy hits the ropes or whatever. And, you know, treasurers don't go, oh, well, I'm not going to bother tracking revenue and government expenses because it's too hard to predict. You know, you have a go and it's an important accountability exercise for governments and for me, I was like, well, I, I like to also know, can I can I achieve my financial goals? Do I have a surplus to put towards those, you know, if it's paying down debt, building up savings, whatever it is. It makes me feel better to to know this information. And, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, but I think that spending a bit of time mindfully looking at where your money's going it's got to be a really important thing for everyone. It's not a memo I ever really got. And it's, I came to my sort of late thirties, early forties before I sort of went, you know what, I need to have a closer look at these things. But yeah, it gives me such a sense of being in control that, you know, and, and I know, I know when those bills are coming and I know what I have to invest that I don't need for other purposes. Um, so I just wanted to share that, you know, if anyone doesn't know where to start, you know, and everyone's got their own systems, but if you don't look, 
this was just a really simple way in for me to try and help people. You can't improve the things unless you track them, right? How do you know you're doing better? And that's why budgeting is such an important thing. We've talked on this podcast quite a bit about budgeting in the past. And even though I think both Tash and I feel as though we have a good understanding of our budgets, there are times such as this time of year where it's so easy to overspend. And if you're not tracking and looking after what you're doing, um, it, how do you pull it back? Right? Like I I just talked about black Friday sales. It's, you know, the holidays are a big one. Um, summertime you're going out, you're maybe spending more money. And if you're not paying attention to that stuff, it can actually really impact your finances. What I do love about your book is that you physically have to write things down. It's a beautiful book. It's gorgeous. And I also love writing things down. Um, you have a highlighter system that I think is amazing. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. I, I had sort of followed some American Instagram accounts like the budget mom. And I saw she was highlighting all her expenses with highlighters and during the tracking. So it was something that was kind of out there. And then I got really stuck on budget categories and I was like, where does everything go? And I love organization and I love tidying up and I loved the Marie Kondo approach of like, yeah, tidy up, but start in this place. Go. Everything has a place. You start with your clothes. You're doing this. There's a method. Everything has a place. And so I, um, have covered, had covered as a journalist lots of statistical surveys about, you know, household spending. You know, every country actually does have an official Bureau of Statistics and there's international agreements about what a household budget looks like. And it's actually remarkably common that there is, you know, housing, transport, food, utilities, like humans are different all over the world, but we're really kind of the same when it comes to our budgets in some ways. So I went through all these surveys and I put everything into its place. I came up with 10 budget categories that I think capture everything. Housing, household, utility, transport, food, health, education, lifestyle, professional fees, and appearance. And I challenge anyone to find me anything that doesn't go into that category system. And every category has its color and the colors sort of spans the rainbow. So like lifestyle is yellow. So when I'm going, when I'm tracking my spending and I go eating out, oh, that's lifestyle, that gets a yellow um, highlighter drawn across it. You know, alcohol, that's lifestyle too. It's discretionary, that gets yellow. And I can actually see as I'm creating this page, the snapshot of, you know, well, what is the more um, essential things like transport, utilities, that's in blue. And when I'm yellowing a little bit with my spending, everything is yellow. I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit too. <laughs> too much yellow. <laughs> too but, much. And but living it's, life. <laughs> it's fun. I love my highlighters and they have a label. I have a label maker. And so each highlighter has the label corresponding to its category. And my brain loves it. And I know that other people have done this as well. And there's just something very satisfying and mindful. It's kind of like adult coloring in as well, but applying that to budgeting. It's fun. So that's how you track your spending. You write everything down that you spend. How did you figure out how much to actually budget for each category? Well, so I think that raises an interesting thing about budgeting. And I actually sort of don't set limits in advance so much as just observe what I do spend. So I don't sort of go, I must stick to $500 for food this month or, you know, and set those limits associated with each category. I do just sort of, it is all about observation of what's coming through mostly. 
Although I do also sit down at the start of the year around this time and try and figure out what are some of the bigger expenses that are going to hit or, or, you know, like, so I save up for my strata fees for my apartment. And I do sit down and I go, how much am I going to spend on holidays, gifts this year? There are a few discretionary categories where I do go, oh, I want to spend this amount on gifts this year. But mostly my budgeting is sort of just a mindfulness practice where I'm observing how much I am spending rather than setting setting the limits, which... which yeah. That's what I do now as well, but yeah. everyone seems to want an exact percentage amount, like 50% to this, 30% to this. But I feel like I've done the same where I had a few years where I tracked everything super closely. I was really aware of my spending and now I kind of just intuitively know what I can spend. And if I've overspent one month, I just have to think, oh, okay, now I need to spend a little bit less this month to make up for it. And do you still call that budgeting? Like I haven't been, but now that you have, I'm like, oh, maybe I can call yeah. it budgeting. Cause I think I- it's more like, cause it's not tracking really either anymore. It's just like, being mindful of my spending. Yeah. I'm just sort of embracing budgeting because everybody hates the word and I'm like, no, it's just a budget. You know, again, the federal treasurer doesn't go, oh, the budget is boring. I won't call it a budget. It's just what it is. It's capturing. what it is. And the way that the federal budget works as well, they come up with the forecast at the start of the year and then they track it with the monthly financial statements. So it's both. It's sort of trying to anticipate and forecast, but also having that rigorous you know, what were the actual outcomes? And I call that whole process budgeting. I like that. I think I do more of like the pay yourself first method almost where everything's direct debited, like my investing, my mortgage, my bills, and then everything left over. I kind of can just see that I have to spend if I want to, or I can put it somewhere else. Or you could save. the way I budget, I guess. Do you ever sort of get to the end of the month and go, I don't actually need to spend all that money. I'll just, I'll invest it. It's extra. Yeah, 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 definitely. I definitely don't spend it all. Um, So I put things on credit cards first for points and then pay it off that way. Um, And now that I work for myself, I just pay myself in chunks. So I kind of get to the end of like the three months. I'm like, okay, cool. How much do I need to top up that spending buffer or that spending account? Yeah, that's so good. Um, I don't actually do any automated transfers to savings or investment. My whole um, budget is a sort of a game for me to see what is my surplus at the end of the month. And so I know every, like if I'm like, oh, I want to buy this thing, it's $200. That will reduce my monthly surplus. You know, it's 200 less that I'll have to invest or to you know pay off the mortgage. And so, yeah, I'm all, I, I do just invest or save the difference. So I guess I'm not paying myself. I'm paying for the things that I want in my life to live the life that I want this month and then what's left over goes to savings. So Yeah, I used to be more like that too when I liked the game of it and I liked trying to save as much as I could and I liked being actively involved but then I got yeah. a bit fatigued of it so now I like the automatic transfers a bit more. Yeah, but I also, that's... like I'm listening to this, I'm like, well, maybe I should do it again and get excited about it again. <laughs> get excited, people. Yeah, I'll use your budgeting money diary is, in January. cool. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, I think maybe for some people that would hit differently and maybe for some people the automated transfers is the first step and you're doing something and you don't have the time or the inclination to take the closer level. Um, look at your exact spending as I do, but, you know, give it a try. <laughs> it might it's work worth doing for a little while if you haven't done it before. Like it's definitely worth doing for a period of time just to see where everything actually does go and how you feel about it as well. Yeah. It's also worth doing again later in your life. Like I was talking to Tash pr- prior to jumping on this call and I was just saying how life has gotten really expensive for all of us, right? The cost of living, interest rates, rates, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden you realize you have less money that you can maybe save or invest. And 
it is worth looking at your budget and reassessing those things. Like, can we get a better internet provider um, for a lower cost? Can we get better energy rates? And and these are some of the things that if you're not tracking and if you're not thinking about it actively, you're not going to do it, right? Because you've automated everything and life is now too easy. So it is important to kind of take a step back, even if you've got a handle on your finances, to track things, to look at things. Um, I do have a question for you, Jess, though. I love the psychological side of writing things down. I remember when I would write things down consistently, and, and now I'm very excited to do this in January because I've got I've got my my book we've by all Jess got the books. here. Yeah, yes. we've got the book. The Club um, of Us. I know that when I previously I would maybe go out and be like, oh, I want to buy this like impulsively, and then I would think I need to write it down if I'm going to buy it, and that actually kept me sometimes from purchasing impulsively because I had to stop and think for a second: Do I really? need that coffee. Like I just had a coffee at home. I'm in the, you know, I'm, I'm running errands. So I feel like I need a coffee, but I'm going to have to write it down. So that is a deterrent for me, um, in spending that money. Do you, have you discussed any of the psychology or thought about it in, in your budgeting? If you want to take it to the next level, write it down and then put it on your Instagram account. Cause that has been the extra <laughs> level of accountability. Cause I'm yeah. like, uh, people are going to, cause I, I've kind of shied away from that more recently because it's really putting yourself out there. And, but I used to share every single dollar that I spend. And so when I'm like, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm at Macca's and the spreadsheet, you know, sorry, the spending sheet says Macca's, you know, 25 bucks and I'm yeah, putting Macca's that out every week. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's um, about the accountability aspect, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. part, you know, when you're trying to make a habit change, telling people what you're doing and having some sort of tracking tool. I, I do write in the book a little bit about the stages of change model, which is from psychology, which is about sort of committing to making a change and accepting that relapse is part of the process, you know, and when spending yeah. tracking, it's more like, you know, and budgeting, there's going to be times in your life where it's not going to, you know, you're going to run out of time or you're not going to put as much of a priority on it and sort of just accepting that that's part of the process. I also have a whole line about, you know, which is basically cognitive behavioral therapy, which is trying to identify um, the thoughts that you have about money, driving your emotional state that you bring when you uh, you know, thinking about money topics and being really mindful of what those thoughts are in your head. You know, I'm bad with money. Uh, I'm never going to have enough. You know, I'm, I'm running behind. I can't, you know, it just and becoming and trying to surface those thoughts. And so I have worksheets in the book to do that and sort of looking at a, a little emotional wheel of what emotions do I feel about money? Am I scared, anxious, overwhelmed? And trying to just really break down that psychology because 
money is every part of our lives. You know, every second we breathe, you know, the lights are on, we're paying electricity, we're paying the rent. You know, it's every decision that we make pretty much has financial consequences. Um, so managing your mindset and, you know, and, and, and trying to bring a spirit of observation rather than restriction as much as anything. I think that psychological, that money mindset part is really important because we're, we're talking about our whole lives here, you know, how you want to live your life and what brings you joy and what life do you want. They're also money decisions. So there's a, there's a lot in it and unpacking your, your money beliefs and, you know, and I, but I think that can be overwhelming as well for people. They're like, Oh, I need to figure out my money story before I can do anything. I'm like, Hey, grab a pen, write down what you're spending. Maybe just start there. Maybe just do something really simple. Um, and then the reflection will come over time and just not judging yourself for what you are spending. Yeah. Knowing you don't have to do a whole year in a, in like in one go, you can just start with a week or a month and see how you go from there. Exactly. Or one day. Yeah. It's like, you know, adding it all up. You might not necessarily love what you see, but it's they're the facts of your life, you know, and your your life is happening to you, whether you are conscious of it or not, or whether you're sort of taking that time to reflect and create the life you want. So yeah, I love it. Just pick up a pen and, you know, do more <laughs> fancy things if you want, but whatever it takes to get you excited about your money and not intimidated. Yeah, it's a great activity to do. <laughs> like even just for a week, it's eye-opening in in that case, right? You have so many saving tips and hacks. I would love for you to share some of your top ones. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I I I never know what level to go. I can go micro, or I can go macro. Like I have done experiments where I was like dishwasher tablets versus powder and I kept like a tally of, you know, how yes, many days my bottle of dishwasher powder would last. Well, it's powder. That's what I think because yeah. basically you can use less of it. Like I, I don't know. These are my hygiene standards, but I feel like you don't need the whole tablet. Although some people break them in half. <laughs> oh, I've never do, broken it in half. Yeah, but I feel this like, with washing liquid and washing powder. I never put the full amount in either because it exactly. feels like a lot. And my other one is like shampoo. Someone once told me shampoo once and shampoo again is the biggest marketing um, yeah. success in life because you're just using double when you may not need to. <laughs> so and you're like, stripping your hair of like natural like head oils. Just, I know that sounds really gross, but like really this is why we need so much moisturizer because we're constantly stripping our body of uh, of natural oils that it needs. Yeah, okay, so this like is a whole other less. topic. But. No, but I mean, but, so my overarching savings framework is, you know, how much you spend is a function of two variables, which is the price you pay for what you consume and how much of it you can consume. So a lot of the top level advice is about, you know, just using less of things, you know, you know, use less water, have shorter showers, you know, only shampoo once. I do think those things are worth investigating. And are, are you over consuming in some areas? Can you use a little bit less? You know, do you really need that? Can you buy it? you know. So doing that, but also I think the the magic happens on the price side and shopping around on things, making sure, you know, your electricity bill, using energymadeeasy.gov.au, um, if you're in Victoria, Victoria Energy Compare, um, and looking at the price you're paying, you know, for your daily supply charge and your variable, you know, per kilowatt hour, it, there's an educative process and it's an effort, you know, to figure out, you know, how much is are my insurances, but the shopping around is is where you do get some of the biggest benefits. If you've already reduced, you know, you're wearing a jumper in 
winter and you you know you're closing all your windows during a hot summer and and you've reached the base level and many people have had to conserve and cut back you know with the cost of living so maybe there isn't that room to reduce the usage but trying to shop the providers find better deals you know sometimes just picking up the phone to your existing provider whether it's your insurances or you know some of those other big costs i think that's where the big money is at and if you could just maybe your new year's resolution is to say i'm going to ring up my home insurer and threaten to leave and say or are there any ways to reduce my always be nice. I always say be nice when you're making these <laughs> demanding phone yeah. calls, but you know, um, I'm a, I'm a valued customer. Are there any ways that I could be reducing my premiums, um, shadow shopping as well on your insurances and like getting an online quote, not telling them who you are, because sometimes there is a loyalty penalty for people if you've been on the policy for a few years. So I would start there. I would say start with the big rocks in your budget, you know, those big bills, you know, energy, um, insurances and see if you can't get a better price. Um, but yeah, with any, anything that you're spending, price and quantity, try and um, manipulate those two variables and hopefully you can find innovative ways to save. Do you have a money saving story that you're really excited about or proud of? Money saving story. Uh, I am just absolutely froth shopping my energy bill. That, that is like, <laughs> that's your favorite. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get on those websites and I get out a pen and a paper and so, uh, and write down what is this, you know, per kilowatt hour. And I come up with various scenarios because they don't actually make it that easy. It's called energy made easy. It's still complicated and you need to go down to the granular detail, but it is worth it because people have been hit with bill rises of like 50%. And I've been with several retailers, you know, who have tried to put that on in the last few months and years. And you get the the email that says, oh, just notifying you of some price changes to your plan. Here are the new prices and they're like 50% more. Um, but you don't have to cop it shop it. Oh, I just made a, <laughs> I just made a, yeah, a, you don't a, have to copy it, shop don't, it. Yeah. <laughs> You're with um, all, all the taglines today. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. So that's my, and so I have saved hundreds of dollars or at least avoided being, you know, hit with hundreds of dollars worth extra on that bill. So that's the one that I, and because like energy is so, you're not going to get very excited about your energy bill and I have to get people excited about their energy bills because there yes. are savings to be had. <laughs> As someone from Perth, I'm pretty sure we don't really get a choice. There's just like the one energy that provider is, everyone has. Yeah. And that's so when I came hard. over here and everyone was like, compare your energy. I was like, how do you, what do you compare? Yeah. You get a choice. Yeah. Interesting. So that, that is it. Yeah. I'm sorry it's a for you. huge savings. No, no, no. Like in our household, that's something that we've done as well. And at the time, I think the Victorian government had a $200 cashback um, thing that you could do. And it was really eye-opening seeing how much providers can charge and like the huge differences. And some of the things that we even do at our place because of the way our provider set up is that they have peak hours. So we run all our, our dishwashing um, in the evening when, when the costs are much lower. So just like even little small shifts like that, that do doesn't bother anyone. It doesn't impact anyone, but it is just a, a better time or use. Similarly, we have solar. So we're trying to prioritize that as well in terms of energy and just being a bit more aware of that. Like those are small, small things, but they're so impactful because energy costs a lot. It costs a lot. And similarly, like, you know, if you have a mortgage 
um, asking for a reduction is possible. Like I literally this week got 0.6% reduced from my mortgage. And that- Oh, exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Like these are small savings on big things that will impact you for the rest of your life. It's not- Yeah, they're not a, small savings. That's huge. Like zero yeah, it's not on your a mortgage. small coffee. Yeah, it's it's a mortgage. It's your energy. It's something that you use all, um, need and use all the time. So these are these are great tips. So because we are in the new year when this episode comes out, what are some of the best ways to manage your money? Should you set goals up? Should you track your budget? Like from your point of view, what should someone do if they don't know where to start? Yeah, I think it depends on your starting point. So if you're someone who is already tracking their spending, um, I say it is a great idea to try and sit down and white paper it. Like, what do I think my expenses are going to be? What do I think my income's going to be? You know, how much might I feasibly be able to pay off the mortgage this year or put towards investing and working towards a goal? If anyone's just like not at that level yet, I just offer to people the simple exercise of your New Year's resolution could just be, I'm going to track my money for January. I'm, you know, and then I'm going to try and add it up and try and figure out how much I spent. If you love it, you can keep going. But, or even if it's just the fortnight or the week, you know, I think that's a really tangible first step for people. And that counts as a resolution, you know, our, you know, our financial outcomes, you know, will depend depend on our sort of daily actions and our daily habits and behaviors that we do. So, you know, it doesn't have to be that I'm going to pay off $10,000 off my mortgage or I'm going to save for this. Although if you have, you know, confidence and, you know, a sense of how long that's going to take you, I say go for it. But, you know, if this could just be the year, if 2024 is the year that you say, I'm going to pay closer attention to my money. I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more mindful with my spending. I'm going to track it. You know, if it is the paper and pen or you do find an app or a spreadsheet that you love to, to have the mindset of, I'm just going to observe my money. I don't have to fix it all in one go. You know, I don't have to save up for retirement in one year. But I'm, I'm going to look at how I'm spending my money and I'm going to decide if it's in alignment with my values and if it's the life that I want to live. So another thing I do is at the end of each year is look back over my photo library for the last year and I go, what were the moments that really sang to me? What were the times when I was the happiest in 2023? And I want to get a little bit more of that in 2024. And often it's just the simple moments. It's just, you know, being with friends or going for a walk and, you know, so with the economy as it is, with the cost of living as it is, I think rediscovering just some simple pleasures for 2024, not beating yourself up if you can't, you know, invest the same amounts or you, you know, you can't save as much because it is a harder environment to, you know, our costs have gone up and it's significant. So there's probably a lot of people with concerns for what 2024 is going to hold for their money. So I just think becoming aware, become aware, just observe and we're all in it together. It's, you know, it is a difficult environment when you've got costs on the rise, but just observing, not judging, just track your spending for a little while, <laughs> get your highlighters out. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at money with Jess and I'll be doing the same. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I love, I love talking about money because it's, yeah, as I was saying, it's our lives. It's how we choose to spend our sort of, I've heard someone say it and it seems a bit woo woo. It's our life force or it's, you know, the money in your pocket that you have is sort of a representation of life that you used to have that you spent working to get that money, you know, yeah. so choose wisely and, 
and respect the time that you put in to earn the money and and make sure that you're spending it on things that really bring you pleasure. I like that. Respect the time you spent earning that money. That's a good way to frame it. Yeah. Be the treasure of your own life. Respect your own time and use dishwashing powder instead of tablets. Are my takeaways? <laughs> <laughs> I have done my job. I'm happy okay. with those takeaways. <laughs> Such wise words, Jess. Where can people find you? Where can they get your book? Yeah, come and hang out with me on Instagram. So at Money with Jess. And then my bio there has links to where you can find the book, um, Money, The Money Diary, and also Money with Jess. It's in bookstores all over the place and online. Um, Google and it. And Officeworks. <laughs> and the airport. Yeah, Money with I see Jess. it at the airport all the time. Yeah, at the airport. I, I keep lobbying Officeworks to go like collaborate with me on a brand of of highlighters so if anyone knows anyone at Officeworks I put that out in every (laughs) possible opportunity. (laughs) Make it happen Officeworks. I want my own labeled highlighter range (laughs) Um, but in lieu of that yeah you can go to my Instagram bio and and yeah find the links to the books and I also have free worksheets so like you could I have like pdfs where you can print out if you've got a printer and this was part of the reason for doing the book is my publisher was like Jess Gen Z they don't have printers. I'm like, what's a printer? <laughs> I know, you're just kidding. I miss ink. having a printer. Yeah. I don't have one and I miss it. <laughs> They're expensive to run and the ink runs out. Anyway, um, so you can grab it for free and the links are in my bio or it is all now nicely bound into this one book that you can start anytime. It doesn't have to be January 1. You could start anytime with The Money Diary. That's it. Thank you for having me on. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I love your work. <laughs> I love the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please rate us five stars, write a review, or share with a friend. If you're new to investing, make sure to listen to our first 10 episodes. Follow us at Get Rich Slow Club or Tash at Tash Invest or me at Anna Christina. This show was brought to you by Natasha Edgman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367 and Perla, who is an authorised representative, 128-1540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337-927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 